Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Jens Nelson. I'm Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life uh, and heresy during the month of October uh, as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So we have come to uh, the final Tuesday episode in our Nothing But Heresy month. Uh, if you've been with us any amount of time, you know that we've uh, we've explored uh, Donatism, Pelagianism, uh, Monothelitism, and we've also explored some of the heretics that are associated with each given heresy. Um, and so to sort of break away from the norm of this month, uh, instead of exploring another heresy in particular, uh, we thought it would be really fun to sort of do a heresy month wrap-up. Uh, we didn't do this last year, uh, but we we thought that it was worth exploring, I guess, like, you know, what is heresy? Well, well, first of all, we already know what heresy is, but uh, what's the point? Why have we been talking about heresy? What can we learn from having conversations about, about heresy and studying heresy? Uh, where do we see these ancient heresies, you know, cropping up today? And we also... Uh, just about every episode, or at least every Tuesday episode this month, we've had a question come up in conversation where we're like, hey, this deserves an entire episode. And who knows, maybe we'll devote entire episodes to these topics later too. Uh, but we thought we'd at least try to cover some of those questions as we seek to wrap up Heresy Month. Uh, before we jump in, I do just want to give a, a huge thank you, a huge shout out to all of our listeners, all of our supporters. Uh, this month has... It, it has not crossed the the best month threshold just yet, uh, but we're we still have a week left in this month as of the day that we're recording this, and we're like just a, a couple dozen downloads from it being our best month. So uh, we've already broken some personal records as far as like number of downloads in a day, number of downloads in a week, uh, and that's all thanks to you guys. So we just wanted to give you guys the the, the shout out and the the recognition because we wouldn't have done it without you. So. Uh, without any further ado, Lucas, is there anything that you want to say here at the outset? No, not really. I think we can go ahead and just get into it. Um, one of the things that I wanted to definitely, like, I feel like is like sort of the biggest thing as far as the wrap up and maybe like debrief is exploring like, okay, we've done this now two years in a row. We've, you know, gathered together over those two years, seven full-length episodes devoted to a different heresy each time and we've also dove into individuals who started or led or came up with or whatever these different heresies and i think there's a really important question to be asked and reflected on about like why do this and and i mean obviously like on the one hand it's like well this was a fun like this idea started last year as a fun, like themed, you know, a way to have some something that we could we could sort of loosely tie into October being the month of Halloween and people are listening to, you know, scary music and watching horror movies and getting ready for Halloween. You know, like it's just kind of it was kind of a loose tie in that was fun. And we have a podcast and we thought, hey, this might drive engagement, you know, like very like pragmatic kind of explanation as to why we started it but 
like doing it now twice and it it has been a blast and and I find it super interesting because I find pretty much everything we talk about to be super interesting which is why we talk about it because we get to decide (laughs) Um, but but like taking a step back you know outside of uh, outside of that angle in terms of just like well this is what we're doing you know and this was a fun thing and then we wanted to do it again because we did it last year that's all true and that's good that that makes sense so it's fine I also think it's it's interesting to think about like why would someone be interested in spending you know several hours over the last month um, talking about heresy right and maybe it that seems like a like a silly question or the answer seems really obvious or it seems the same as why we would spend several hours talking about anything else we talk about on the show um, which is fair. Um, but I think there's more, there might be more to it. And I might be a little overly, overly, I don't know. I might, I, I might be a little overly self-critical or maybe a little overly like um, scrupulous, I guess. Um, but there's something that's been on my mind a lot in the, over the last few months with the Mars Hill podcast, the Christianity Today podcast, that if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've at least heard of it um, or at least heard people talking about it. But I've, I've listened to to most of it. I think there was one of the bonus episodes I didn't listen to or something. But I've listened to most of it, and I've been extremely interested. I, I was hooked after I listened to the first episode. Mm. And over the last few months, as it, you know, it's, it's, it's been an incredibly like popular podcast. It's, it's number it's one of, in the Christian category. I don't know what it is like overall, mm-hmm, but if you look yeah. up like the, on Apple Podcasts, I literally mm-hmm. saw this week, it is number one. That doesn't surprise me just based on like the number of times I hear it mentioned in real yeah. life at school, online, you know, all that stuff. Like it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, so like, at, like as this has been such a just dominant and pervasive sort of like Christian pop cultural conversation over the last couple months, like some of those conversations revolve around questioning like, why is this so popular? You know, like, is this podcast, uh, you know, the Mars Hill podcast, like, is this a good thing? Is it a good thing for us to be supporting it, to be listening to it? Is there, is there a good reason for Christianity Today to be producing it? And there's the, that question, you know, as someone who has really, enjoyed, like, it's a very well-produced podcast, if you haven't heard it, like, that's what everyone says, because it's just true. It's, it's very well done. And it is very uh, engaging it is very difficult to turn away from it, you know, like, like it's, it's difficult to turn it off. It's difficult to not be really invested in hearing what section of the story of Mars Hill and then the people involved that they're going to tell each time they release an episode. And there's an interesting, there's a valuable question to be asked. Why is this something that I'm so hooked on? Why, why, why am I so interested to, to hear what comes next? And I have every intention of finishing the podcast. You know, like, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> but a similar question came to mind as I was sort of thinking about, okay, we're wrapping up another heresy month. Why would I be so excited? Because I am so excited. Why would I be so excited to talk about heresy, Right. And I don't know if we really touched on this so explicitly this year, but 
I know for sure we did last year and also at other points during the podcast. I'm sure this has come up multiple times, but like one of the, like the definition that I kind of work with for heresy is, is a, a doctrine or a teaching or a belief that, that is incorrect and so distorts the gospel, so distorts the Christian faith that to hold to the doctrine that we would call heretical would destroy the the the, the true Christian faith, right? There's a there, these doctrines aren't secondary issues to be, um, you know, accepted or rejected, and we can get along and have unity and diversity. We're not talking about something like, you know, the nature of God's election or something. We're talking about, okay, is God really a Trinity? <laughs> Is Jesus really God? And if you and those are the obviously the big ones. And if you say, "Oh, Jesus isn't God," if you believe that, that necessarily means that you're you're you be, you're believing something that undermines the gospel and makes it impossible to actually be saved. So think of like that's I don't know heavy, right? <laughs> like it's not um, it's not a it's not an edifying thing (laughs) if something is heresy by definition it's not edifying right it's not it doesn't build up the body it by definition separates and tears down the body and i think we saw that especially with like donatism right um like the nature of that particular doctrine and 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 uh, movement was literally to separate the body based on their false beliefs right and and so i'm not gonna like obviously you know like we wouldn't know about any of these things if, if people didn't spend time investigating them. It is interesting in the context of, you know, a podcast, like our, our podcast falls in the category of, you know, like pop culture or, or, or whatever. Not that we're pop, like popular because we talk about theology, but like, um, you know, like, like Christian, like internet media culture, right? We're not talking, we're, you know, we aren't like, co-writing you know a monograph on donatism or something academically investigating the history of this movement like there's something there's something different about sitting down and chatting in a podcast right and so i wanted to kick the question throw the question out there see what you had to say and and then maybe offer a few of my own thoughts just in terms of like why are we you know you know like this is this is a bigger question than just heresy month that I've been thinking about a lot recently with, like I said, the Mars Hill podcast. And then we can also include things like, um, like true crime, like, Hmm, yeah, like, like true crime podcasts are so much fun to listen to. But then sometimes I'm just like, wait a second. I just spent, you know, an hour that flew by. And like, these people are like recounting the gory details of like an unspeakable tragedy that destroyed a family or whatever. Um, and I'm consuming it as entertainment, right? <laughs> um, and, and, and it's like in this con- in that context, it's a true story. You know, I'm not right. just talking about like a horror movie or whatever. That's just fiction. I think there is a some there, there, we could still ask questions about that, but like there's still like a little bit of a difference. And I think that that we can we can do the same thing with like the you know the the tragic downfall of the people involved at Mars Hill, right? And the sin and um damage that was done and it's like well we're just sitting here consuming it in media form as you know entertainment 
and maybe you could say it's educational, but I mean, maybe I'm pushing back against that, you know, yeah. like to what extent is our podcast really educational? I was about to say something so embarrassing, <laughs> not educationalizing, but educating the people who listen. Like, I mean, if you've never heard of it, then you're going to learn something about monothelitism if you listen to last week's episode, but we're not teachers, you know, um, and that's not, this isn't an ex, you know, me being like falsely humble to like protect my reputation by saying, you know, don't worry, don't hold me to a higher standard. I'm not a teacher. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say like, like think about what we're doing. And it's like, huh, what makes this month so much fun? And Mm. is that a good or a bad thing? Maybe it's, maybe it's neutral. I I, like, I, I genuinely think that there's a lot of ways this question could be answered. And it's just something that's been floating around my head the last cut, like, week or so yeah. as, as we've like been in the midst of this of this month so i'm curious if that's something you've, you've thought of has occurred to you at all or what your sort of reactions or thoughts are on that yeah well not it, it didn't necessarily occur to me as i was prepping this episode but one i just want to say marcus johnson a professor i had at moody would say nothing is neutral um so i i will say i don't think that this is necessarily neutral um but at the, at the same time, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, I, I mean, to your point about true true crime podcasts, a couple years ago now, maybe 2018, I guess, uh, my wife and I with her family did a road trip to Arizona from Wisconsin. So we, we were driving to the Grand Canyon. We drove to from, from Wisconsin to Missouri, Missouri to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City to uh, Albuquerque, Albuquerque to Flagstaff. So, you know, over the course of a week and a half or whatever, we did this trip and then back and the entire way, just about, I mean, there was very little time spent that was not, I guess that was not spent listening to my favorite murder, um, which is, you know, a a true crime podcast, a a murder-y podcast where they talk each episode about um, like different murders. I I forget how they structure every episode. I, I got a little burnt out on that podcast on that road trip. Um, but like we were so enamored by it, we were so interested in hearing about these things, and they're like you said, really dark, really twisted, really just deviant things, and it's entertainment. Um, and I think, to a degree, we ha- we as humans have that like that longing for for some reason. I maybe not everybody, but so many people. It, it's it's kind of like a car crash. Like you can't look away. Like when when you see an accident or uh I mean when you think about the way that we consume anything, the the bulk of our quote-unquote news is literally like this accident and this tragedy and this hurricane and I mean when there's when when stuff like that isn't there to report you're talking about like this person's marital drama or you're talking about like, oh, can you believe the nose job that so-and-so had? I'm like, so yeah, our, 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 our news syndication is even sort of a, a, a window into, um, I don't know, the, the tragic. And I, I haven't, I, I wish that I had been able to think long and hard about that this week. Uh, I like that you've posed this question to me sort of on the spot. Um, but as far as heresy month goes, the way that I've sort of thought about at least doing heresy month is like, well, the, the church has been around for the better part of 2000 years or approaching 2000 years. So the, the church has learned a thing or two. And so 
when we talk about heresy, we're not just talking about some teaching that was rejected. What we're doing is like, okay, so this was something that was taught at one point. It was rejected. And now we can, well, on the one hand, we can seek to avoid falling into that same trap. So, you know, we can avoid thinking that Jesus isn't God and man. Uh, we can, we can, we can avoid saying like, Jesus was just some sort of, uh, you know, special creature that God created that was a semi-god or something, right? Like there, there are teachings that are, that exists, that exist even today in our world, in our society, even that are very similar to the heresies that have already been denounced for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so by going back into history, looking at the ancient heresies, uh, we're able to, to, on the one hand, again, reject the bad while also reaffirming the good. Like, yes, Jesus is actually God and man. He has one will, um, or does he not? No, he has two wills, right? So like, these are just sort of the things that in, in my mind, are reasons why I like exploring heresy during heresy month. Um, Part of it too is I am just interested and fascinated in history. I can't remember if I've ever shared this on air. I'm sure I have, but like before going to Moody, when I was in college, I was at a a community college taking like general courses. And then I was going to transfer to a four-year university uh, to become a teacher. I wanted to become a high school history teacher. the Lord had other plans, ended up going to Moody, became a youth pastor, and the rest is sort of history from there. Um, but I still have this fascination with history, Look, looking back down the tunnel of time to see how people lived in their time, in their place, in their context. I mean, it's the same reason we do Christians of History on Fridays. Like the original reason that like I proposed, let's do this. Well, I, I was already doing it as a youth pastor. Not, It wasn't called Christians of History, I don't think. But we, I would basically explore the life of, of different Christians to, to help students and now on this podcast to help people like, who are the heroes of the faith, the known and the unknown? What did they do? What did they believe? How did they impact the world? Um, and how does that then shape me as I stand on their shoulders, as I go forward into the world, uh, loving the Lord, believing in his word and trying to, to love him and follow him and, and make him known to others? Uh, I look to the Christians of the past to help me. And I think in a very similar way, I look to the heresies of the past to chart out my path forward to, uh, you know, as we always say on the intro to this podcast, that this is a journey uh, on the road that is the Christian faith. We, we, we like that imagery of like the road to Emmaus, where the two disciples are with Jesus. He's opening his word to them, revealing himself in the Old Testament um, and in a similar way, Lucas and I are two disciples who are on a road, who are on a journey towards glory. Uh, to quote Eugene Peterson, it's it, it, the Christian life is a, a long obedience in the same direction. Um, and so as we as we journey down this path, as we um, navigate life, we, we look to the past. You know, we're big on retrieval here, uh, recovering the things of the past to help us move forward. Um and so I don't know what the opposite, I mean, we obviously don't want to retrieve heresy to, you know, to instill it in our life, but we can look back at heresy, we can reflect on heresy and and recognize where it crops up today, uh, how to avoid it, and to really just know what to believe in the world today. So I feel like I said a thousand things in like a 10 minute span or whatever, but um, I think those are just some of the, the thoughts that immediately came to mind as you asked me that question. 
I think that's really helpful. And it, it, it might be something that's a constant sort of back and forth in our own hearts as we're reading or listening or watching to things like Heresy Month on a theology podcast or whatever. Um, but I think that there's something really... I think that there there is a lot of truth in the idea that we need to learn from the mistakes of the past in order to avoid repeating them or making similar ones or... I mean, you could almost, I don't know why I didn't think of this. Like I literally just said that I wanted to be a history teacher, but you could literally ask the question, why do people study history? Why do we have an entire class in, you know, K through 12, uh, where you're learning about the things of the past? What is the point? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost the same question. Yeah. And I, I do think there's, there's a, a insidious danger to just sort of under the guise of, oh, I want to learn so that I can avoid, you know, I want to learn what not to do. We, we kind of like just, you know, gawk at the misfortunes of others. In, and, and, and I think that it is even more easy to slip into that in the context of something like a TV show or a podcast that's not, you know, that, that, that brings in an element of entertainment, even if it's primarily or partially intended to be more, um, engaging on like a, you know, serious sort of intellectual level or whatever, like, like, like even watching documentaries is entertaining, right? So just cause something's a documentary doesn't mean you're not sort of being formed in that entertainment consumption sort of direction. And I think the same thing would be true of something like this podcast where the, the, the form really does shape the content of, of, of anything. And so like, I think, th- I think that there's, I think that there's a real delicate balancing act that all sinful humans need to be cognizant of just in general. I'm not even just talking about Mars Hill. I'm not talking about heresy month. I'm just saying like in general, but these sort of like, um, you know, these things that are, that are bad, like, like, you know, as Orthodox Christians, we would say heresy is bad. We would say, you know, pastors abusing their power <laughs> over a megachurch is bad. So, like, like the the, the quote unquote bad things um, can I think really quickly turn into just like watching a car crash, like you said earlier. Like, there's something like violently engaging about it, and that's what I want to be careful of in my own life and in you know other people's lives, like. What's going on with that? And that's sort of something that that the reason I wanted to ask it. But I think that the, I think that those, that's some really really helpful stuff um, that you that you had to share. So I think we we should move on. Um, we might not cover all of them because I honestly don't even remember if we if we remember all of them. <laughs> but we definitely um, had multiple points where we were like, hey, let's talk about this in the future. And so like it like you said in the beginning, at least to t- at least to start. Um, there, there's a few, a few questions. One of the, one of the first ones I think was, was this question of, I, I think at least, at least from my experience, you kind of, you know, new to me, you came up with a new to me, uh, term, uh, when we were talking about Donatism, where, where, where we were talking about what, like we were talking about the, the potential accusations or the potential, you know, like resonances of something like the Protestant Reformation uh, with the Donatist schism, right? This idea of 
seeking to purify the church. You know, we can think of the Puritans in England. We can think of the separatists in England who, you know, and came, who literally left. <laughs> they had to, they had to leave all the way to America to, to, to try to, uh, to reach their idea of a, of a more holy and, and faithful church. And without, without criticizing or affirming any specific group's views, well, I don't want to say that every separation in church history is an example of Donatism, because I think that would just be grossly inaccurate <laughs> to, to look at like Martin Luther's reform movement and not see the clear theological differences between between that and Donatism. Um, so that's where I think this, this idea of like, okay, we're not, I'm not going to go around saying that's Donatist, that's Donatist, that's Donatist. But the idea of this emphasis on the purity of the external church to the, to the degree where you are going to unchurch other people, because the Donatists were going around and they weren't just saying, we're the true church, you need to come join us. But they're saying, you're not the church, right? You're impure you've compromised and therefore your church is invalid. You don't have any sacraments. There, there's no grace to be found in that church. You're not really in the church. You got to come join us. Right. And I don't know. I, I don't know what, what does it mean? <laughs> Again, I think I'm, I'm maybe asking questions, you know, trying to t- bite off more than I can chew <laughs> with this debrief, but it is scary. Uh, to think about the the ways in which the earnest desire for holiness um, also might, you, you know, like we need to desire holiness. We need to desire apostolic, ap- apostolicity, right? But we also need to desire oneness and Catholicity. If we're going to be creedal Christians, all four of those marks are creedal. Christ's church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, which means we don't get to come up with a with a holy and apostolic, doctrinally pure church that's separate from everybody else, and nobody else gets to join, and it's just this little group off in a corner somewhere. Um, but we can't pretend like everybody can believe whatever they want, and... And we get to just say that we're all together, and so we're one and Catholic, right? Like, like obviously, like these are there's this sort of this this dialectic between holiness and unity. I think that's going on here. But we'll, I don't know. I I should have given this a little bit more like concrete thought in terms of like maybe come up with some examples or something. But is the idea of semi Donatism like helpful at all? Is, is it just kind of like, does it just sound cool? Is it just kind of a bunch of hot air? Or, or like, do you think that it, do you think that it really like could be helpful to think about like, wh- not where am I a Donatist? Because I don't think any of us are. But where am I maybe prone to some of the Donatist temptations, right? Um, not that I am going to be breaking myself off from the church, but might be quick to judge other groups. And, and I'm not saying we, we don't draw lines. We have to draw lines, right? Such as Donatism is heresy. That's a line, <laughs> you know? Um, but we, we have to draw lines that are firm and that do exclude certain ideas. That's what this month is all about. Heresies, right? But that being said, I, th- 
you know, I, I definitely think someone who's committed to orthodox apostolic Christianity is going to probably be more likely to be tempted to draw those lines maybe too quickly rather than never draw those lines at all, right? Like, like the, those are both temptations, but there's pro, you know, the kinds of people who would agree with us on a lot of what we say in this podcast would probably be more tempted to quickly draw the lines that exclude others. I know I am out of an earnest desire to defend the truth and to be united to the truth, to, to, uh, to know Christ who is the truth uh, properly. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Is, are those real temptations? Am I just kind of making this up? Am I just kind of overanalyzing it or, or like, do you think semi-donatism is like that there's something to it? Yeah. I, in, in thinking about this ever since it came up, I, I don't know that we have a semi-donatism, like we have a semi-Pelagianism, um, like where it is actually somewhat concrete and easy to identify. Um, I think with semi-donatism, again, if it's real or not, we might, maybe, maybe we're just using this word to describe something else. But um, when I think about this, I, I don't necessarily think that there are modern day Donatists. Uh, I mean, I actually, well, there probably are. I don't, I don't know what we want to say about like Jehovah's Witnesses or Latter-day Saints. Like those might come to mind as somewhat separatist or like you said, uh, independent fundamental Baptists, for example. I think those might be some like areas of uh, adjacent, you know, Christian adjacent people that might be somewhat Donatist. Uh, but the way that I've sort of thought about this idea of semi-Donatism is to just really think of it as like a, a, a healthy recognition that we have a tendency to divide rather than unify. Um, like we have, we have this tendency, we have Donatist tendencies to want to see ourselves as maybe doctrinally pure or, um, you know, our way of worship is the superior way of worship. Um, I don't know that most people would go as far as to like say that other people doing things differently just like aren't churches or aren't Christians. And that's the part where like I have the hardest time because I, I, I just think that that's a, a, a more extreme example. Um, maybe there are some out there that I'm just not familiar with. But for the most part to me, it seems like if we have something like semi-Donatism, it's, it's more or less that idea of we have tendencies to, to divide and to divide over tertiary issues. I get that there are re real and serious reasons to divide, as you've said. Um, but I, I, at the same time, I, I can think of even churches in my own life, in my own experience, where the, the division was over small, tiny issues. Where we're talking about, like, you know, they didn't like the color of the carpet or uh, the style of worship music or what have you. I, those are just some really small examples, but... Yeah, in my mind, this this idea of semi-Donatism is that. It's not the extreme. It's not the full-blown, like, we're not considering you guys even churches. Uh, it's more that idea of we're dividing. Uh, what we do is better than what other people do. Um, so, like, the counter to something like semi-Donatism is a healthy recognition that, like, okay, when appropriate on matters that we can differ on and it doesn't sacrifice the gospel, um, 
even if I don't believe the same thing as, you know, even Lucas, you and I are a great example. Like we have different views on baptism. We have different views on the supper. Um, that doesn't mean that you and I are like guilty of donatism towards one another, right? Like we still consider each other brothers. We still consider each other Christians as part of the church. And so, um, maybe you and I are just, you know, superior in that way to other people. And I, I say that <laughs> jokingly, uh, but we have that real, you know, at least I, I recognize that in myself, I have that real tendency to want to look at something different from my practice or my belief and categorize it as like foreign or unhelpful or whatever. And so I don't know. That's my long-winded way of saying, like, if semi-donatism exists, it's it it it's just this uh, this tendency, like you said, to want to separate, to divide, um, but not to the extreme of excluding. So that maybe semi-donatism isn't the right word. Maybe it's like pseudo-donatism, or I, I don't know. We we could think longer about this, but that's sort of my answer anyway. Once again, I agree, and that's I think that's helpful, and honestly. I, I don't think I'd have anything of substance to add. So let's just move on to like a, a much lighter question. Will heretics be in heaven? <laughs> Super easy uh, topic to talk about. Um, mm, yeah. I'm curious. I, I, I've sort of been taking the lead on these on these questions. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say first on this one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I think I'm the one that originally posed this question maybe as it was during the first week. I don't know if it was Pelagianism or if it was Pelagius, like which episode that it came up on. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, I was, I was trying to make the point that, that, that f by and large, a, a good chunk of the time when somebody is labeled a heretic, when, when something is labeled as a heresy, it, it especially when it's like, like so like pelagianism for example it, it was a guy named pelagius who was like a big proponent a main uh, a main player in this heresy um in in that case like pelagius in a sense was trying to adhere to scripture was trying to be somewhat biblical but just took it to an extreme or was misreading and misinterpreting i wouldn't even say in a sense like like any heretic that's what they're doing right right but, but obviously, it's not correct. I mean, that's why it's been labeled a heresy. Um, and so, to me, I mean, think of, like, I have, like, a thousand thoughts in my head right now. I'm trying to, like, sort through them all as I talk live on a microphone. Um, think about the fact that we have access to the Bible. Like, that that has not been the case throughout much of human history to, like, ha I mean, literally right next to me, I have two Bibles right here. I have like seven more Bibles on my shelf out in the living room. Like that's that's a that's a very strange thing, um, and I, I I've literally said before I like simultaneously love and hate that we have such unhindered access to God's Word, um, because on the one hand it's awesome that it's in the hands of people, that it's in our language, that it's readable, that it's uh, true as as true as can be and as faithful as can be to the originals. Um, but on the other hand, there's a real danger of like me, Jesus, and my Bible. Like just a person sitting on their couch reading a Bible on their own. Divorced from the church, divorced from church history. 
Like there, there's a, a real and inherent danger in that. Uh, and so again, when someone is labeled a heretic, when their teaching is labeled a heresy, they were trying to be biblical in a sense. They were trying to read God's word, interpret it, and then apply it into life. Uh, but obviously it wasn't in accord with the apostolic teaching, with the, the rest of the church's teaching, and thus was labeled as like problematic and against you know, the fidelity of the gospel. And so it was condemned. And so in my mind, I've, I've, I've like really wrestled with this over the last couple of weeks. Like, is the human charge to, to charge a, a person as a heretic to, 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 you know, to banish them to, you know, an island to uh, send them away? Like, is that the final word? I mean, we're, we're not necessarily the judge. I mean, God is the judge. He is the one who is just. He's the one who judges the living and the dead based on our works. Um, but but, but f- in my mind, like, I, I, I sometimes have a hard time just saying that all the heretics are going to be in hell. Like, that, like, I have a much harder time saying that than I have saying that I think some heretics will be in heaven forever with Christ. And I don't, I don't exactly have examples of like, yeah, this heretic is going to be in glory. Um, because here's the thing. So many heretics were condemned and then just sort of like cast away and like lost to history. We, we don't necessarily know what happened in the later part of these people's lives. Uh, maybe this person repudiated their teaching. Maybe this person uh, recognized the error in their thinking and returned to the true gospel and... We just don't know. So like that that's that's where my uncertainty and my uneasiness lies is just in the fact that like we can't know the heart in a given moment, but we also can't know what is just lost to history. So that that's that's sort of my like cheat answer. I don't know, I'm kind of curious what you have. Yeah, I'm extremely hesitant in general. And this, you know, this like list of specific heretics throughout history is, is, is no exception to assign anyone an internal place, considering that I'm not the judge and I'm not in eternity in either place to to see. Right. Um, so I'm not really interested in trying to answer, oh, Pelagius is in heaven or hell or uh, Nestorius is in heaven or hell. Right. Or whatever. I, I don't think that that is fruitful. I don't think it's necessary i don't think it's helpful and i don't think it's even possible to have any sort of real answer right in in terms of the specifics of this or that person and that's a combination of the historical uh obscurity of some of these details um and also the fact that i'm not god (laughs) um so i don't know what's going on in someone's heart but to I, I I'm I feel like any answer to this question is better serve better serves us being a, a more more of a of a bird's eye view answer where I I am prepared to say that there are there are beliefs there are doctrines there are interpretations of passages and of uh, aspects of our faith that are you know to go back to that definition that I reiterated at the beginning that so obscure the meaning of the gospel and the meaning of the Christian faith as it's been revealed 
in God's word and passed down from generation to generation to us over the last 2,000 years, that they do, they would, they will separate us from that faith, right? And, and, and separate those that we try to lead. And the warnings, um, you know, I, I, I alluded to James's warning about teachers being held to a higher standard, where I think that that really finds its, its uh, I don't know, what's the word, like, like counter, par- counterpoint parallel in, in the words of Christ is when he talks about um, it, is, it is better for someone who has led one of these little ones astray it is better for that person to have a millstone tied around their neck. And I don't know if you've ever seen a millstone in real life, but it's absurd. <laughs> like, it's like this, like, it's like a, it's just like a hilariously overblown analogy. It's like saying, like, fitting a camel through the eye of the needle. Like, it's so, it almost loses its impact because it's so extreme, right? But, um, it's better to have a millstone tied around their neck and be cast in the bottom of the ocean than, then what's going to happen to them and and that is because these things are real right like heresy is a real thing and the consequences of it are real and like if you you know we can take these things that 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 the church through prayerful reflection on scripture and we know from scripture that the church is the pillar and ground of all truth in i can't remember if that's first or second timothy it's one of the timothys and uh Christ promises that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, and I believe in God's word. So based on that, I, I look at the condemnation of Arianism, and I say, I'm not going to make a judgment on Arius's soul, but if he refused to repent, I have a pretty, you know, I don't, I don't have the most optimistic um, hopes for him, but I do know that if somebody teaches Arianism, I... I believe that what they're teaching will literally separate people from God. Um, and this goes back to, to as well, that first, that first point I made about um, questioning and maybe being a little hesitant at how much enjoyment I get out of <laughs> heresy month, because like to go back to that warning from, from, from Jesus, like that is so frightening right and and when you when you combine that with james's warning about warning two teachers being held to a higher standard um it's really really scary to think about even something as as in you know relatively insignificant as talking into a microphone on the internet and somebody hears it like i bear a responsibility for what i say as someone who is who is attempting to reflect on discuss and even make claims about God's word right and I'm someone who wants to go into vocational ministry in the church and that's terrifying Jesus's warning is really scary and it should be and I think that I out of humility am am not going to make any judgments about any individual person's soul but if we're talking in general terms the reason, like, like, heresy is really serious and scary. 
because we're talking about eternal we're talking about life and death eternally when we're talking about a lot of these things and that's why it's so important to not fall into these things certainly on accident and certainly on purpose <laughs> and and i think that that's that's where my mind goes with this question right yeah. and i i don't i mean yeah. there, there really is nothing spookier than bad theology that's literally I mean, it's true, true. <laughs> i mean it's pretty like, spooky to, to think about yeah yeah and and because of that i i you know god willing will never say anything to anyone for any reason <laughs> no matter what <laughs> um that that condones something that is contrary to god's word right yeah. and it you know i try tremble to think of the times where i've done that inadvertently out of immaturity or lack of knowledge or you know in you know not being precise with my words or whatever and the ways that i might that might happen in the future mm. and that is a serious burden i think that all christians bear to wh wh when we are talking about god's word right? right um it's not unique to pastors it's not unique to people who write books about theology it's not unique to people who um record their conversations <laughs> like if you're talking about God's word, it's there. There is a holy fear about these kinds of things. Yeah, Me, these things meaning what we've been talking about throughout this month. These 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 doctrines are scary because God's word is real, <laughs> and to neglect to submit to it, it it it, it is literally a matter of of your soul right yeah and dude this is so, why like yeah. as a youth pastor i had such a hard time i mean there, there were a lot of things that i had a hard time with but in preparing lessons in preparing sermons and then in the coming minutes and moments leading up to going up on a platform to speak in front of you know sixth through twelfth graders there were some weeks where i was literally trembling not because i was afraid to speak in front of people i i'd i spoke thousands of times in front of people but it was literally just the the dread, the fear of man. If I misspeak, if I've been incorrect, if I mislead, it's a it's it's a scary thing. And on the one hand, I want to believe that like God is gracious, God is forgiving, He understands that we're humans who are prone to errors. But on the other hand, you also like work diligently, you work tire tirelessly, you ensure to the very best of your knowledge and your ability that you are presenting God's word uh, as it has been revealed in in truth um it, it is a it is it is not an easy thing to do uh and I, I commend those of you who do it still who are who are pastors who are teachers sunday school leaders uh whatever your vocation especially as it pertains to teaching the word um we recognize and appreciate your your gifting and we we do hope that you take it seriously too um, and so maybe that's just like the best way to leave this episode is like, as we've talked about heresy for the better part of a month for the second time now as a podcast, let's, let's all, let's all have some reverence, so, so a recognition that we are standing on, on holy ground. When we approach God's word, we ought to not 
approach it. We ought not approach it flippantly. Uh, we shouldn't just flip it open and be like, this is just some other book. Uh, but this is God's will, his word preserved, given to you, for you, so that you can know him and love him and and live in this world faithfully. And so uh, as you listen to podcasts, as you hang out with friends, as you do the things that you do in your life, um, let, let this month be a reminder of the importance of sound, faithful doctrine and to strive with our very finite minds, our very finite wills to to do to the best of our ability to, uh, I don't know, yeah, hold to the, the fidelity of God's word, to cling to it and not to our, our, our worldly knowledge and understanding. So I don't know, that, that seems to me to be the best way to end a, a month such as heresy month. Although I will say there is still one more heretic of history to come on Friday. Um, but as far as Tuesdays go, this is a fitting end. I think so too. So thank you for for sticking with us through this month, through this episode, through any episode that you've ever listened to. We really appreciate it. And um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you uh, via the internet, um, specifically Twitter at Doxology Podcast or email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. This can be feedback, questions, suggestions for future episodes, anything else that comes to mind. We'd, We'd really love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, what, talk about heresy, talk about um, why everything we said was wrong, why we're heretics. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you, and we hope that uh, the rest of, of your spooktober goes well as we, as we uh, approach All Hallows' Eve and the end of another spooky season. So, yeah, until next time. See ya. Peace.